0: Hey y'all. So before we get into this episode, this is the secrets of Hillsong part one documentary mini episode. I just wanted to put a trigger warning. There is talk of self harm, as well as sexual abuse. So I wanted to let everybody know before they got into it. I don't want anybody to feel triggered. um, And I absolutely don't want anybody to be taken off guard. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Y'all already know I am Zell, and as promised, this is going to be the Hillsong documentary episode part one. So this is going to be my take on the first two episodes of the Secrets of Hillsong documentary on Hulu. And like I said before, unfortunately, I am missing my co-host for the documentary episodes, Chai. She's on vacation with her family. But as soon as she gets back, we are going to keep on watching these documentaries. So. First things first, let me tell y'all, I had no clue, no clue about Hillsong. I like, I didn't even know it was a church before this documentary. And I know some of you are probably like, bitch, where have you been? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't know. I'm not a super religious person. Let me start with that. I went to church as a kid, um, especially growing up overseas, we did, um, like, I mean, it was, it was a Baptist church, but a lot of the other military people went there. So we had like that sense of community and growing up overseas in a military community, a lot of the times people are a lot closer than they are like the military community here in the States, because, you know, it's overseas. Um, and it was a great experience. We weren't, it was never like praying before every meal, um, but I definitely grew up with a sense of like, God's presence right then when we moved to the states we never quite found a church that we connected with um overseas there wasn't a lot there was no like tied tied offerings so that really rubbed my mom the wrong way when we moved back and we tried like we bounced between a couple different churches. Um, they were a little predatorial with like calling a house, asking for tithes, things like that. Just rub my mom the wrong way. And then me and my brother were growing up. So she really wanted us to be able to make our own decisions about religion. Um, you know, whether like she wanted us to explore. So she wanted us to know my brother kind of dove really deep into that. And he is a little bit more religious. Like I know he goes to church, if not every Sunday, often he um, is definitely more religious than me. I have my own personal relationship with God. I don't identify as any type of, um, you know, religion, anything like that. I guess we would call that non-denominational, obviously. I've thought about going to um, like some of the non-denominational churches, but like, I'm going to be so honest with y'all. Church is just not for me. It's just not for me. I talk to God on my own. That's a very personal relationship that I have with him. Um, it's just I have I've never been a churchy person. My husband is, I don't want to call he's not an atheist. He believes that there's something out there. He is, he just doesn't know if it's God. So there's a little background on me with religion. Um and again, when it came to Hillsong, I knew that once everything came out, so once everything started, the shit started hitting the fan for real, for real, I knew that this guy hung Carl Lentz being this guy, hung out with celebrities, right? Um, I knew about the Justin Bieber of it all. Um, I think Lana Del Rey is another one of his, um, I don't want to say followers, because that sounds cultish, even though they were, they were getting there. <laughs> but I knew that he, you know, hung around a lot of celebrities, basketball players, things like that. And I always find that interesting. Not that you cannot be a pastor and not ha- and like hang out with celebrities. That's fine. But it really did seem like he wanted to be a celebrity. I mean, after I started watching this, especially the first two episodes, I looked up pictures of him and like, there are paparazzi pictures of him. Okay. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Carl Lentz is hot. he he definitely is fucking hot. I I get it. Okay. His wife, Laura is hot too. Like they're, they're two hotties. Right. I just, I found it interesting because I don't know if, even if my husband being a non preacher we're like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Justin Bieber's house. I'm going to go to the club with LeBron. I'm going to cut, or maybe not LeBron. Well, I, sorry, Savannah, one of those basketball players, like I would definitely be like, not without me. (laughs) And I don't even mean not without me. Like I'm coming to keep an eye on you. I just mean, I want to fucking go and kick it. Right. But I know they had kids. So it was very interesting to me to see, um, kind of the background. I wish I don't, I have, uh, I don't want to say I wish I learned a little bit more about Carl because Carl is kind of a smaller piece of this big Hillsong pie, which is what I'm realizing. And he was just He was, I feel like he was probably the easiest, um, toss under the bus they had because he was so high profile. Right. But at the same time, um, Brian didn't like that. He was high profile because, well, we'll get there. Um, well, he, he liked it, but then he didn't like it. We'll get to to that part in a couple of minutes. Okay. The first thing, like my first impression when I saw Carl on the screen was, this guy seems like he is like doing a stand-up comedy routine, right? And then I think I believe the um, girl's name was Ashley. She says herself, she, "He Carl's a great actor. Carl is a great actor." And like I I can't explain it, but when I was watching the video of him do his sermons, I was like, "This is like watching somebody do a stand-up comedy routine over and over and over again," which. A, a lot of times when you like take any comedy classes or any things like that, you do see people's routines over and over and over. Um, you know, some, one of the followers that they inter, uh, interviewed also was like, he was so attractive. I mean, I would follow him anywhere. And I'm like, okay. And Lord, forgive me. Carl is not attractive in like the, I would follow him anywhere type of way. I don't think anybody's so attractive that I would follow them anywhere because, you know, like Stranger Danger and I'm always scared of being kidnapped. But he's hot in like, oh my God, I don't want to go to hell. Well, Jesus forgives me. I'm just going to say it. Carl Lentz is, a hot, is hot in like a filthy, dirty sex way. And I think the fact that he's a fucking pastor makes it even filthier because you're like this, he's a pastor, he's a pastor, he's a pastor. But... He definitely likes like elevated ass stuff it seems. If that makes sense, like we're definitely busting out a butt plug or two with Carl. And again, it's it's crazy because he's he's a pastor. I should not be having these thoughts about him, but he's he's hot, okay? He is definitely hot. Um well, he was hot because it's it's shocking to see what he looked like before like when the, the Carl Lynch was born and on stage and things like that. And what he looks like now, because I was like, oh, interesting. I can see that it's still there, but mm, I don't know. One of you messaged me and well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, See, this is why I need Chai to keep me on track. (laughs) Um, I definitely found it interesting that they landed in a place like New York and because like they said in the documentary, New York, I don't, I don't live in New York. Let me be very clear. But they said New York is a place where churches go to die, which I found very interesting. In um, they built the, I mean, they built a church that was like a fucking club. The fact that people were standing in line to go to church, to go to church. I just was like, I always find it interesting when we have these super exclusive things, places, you know, that people want to be a part of, get into things like that, because I'm like, were all of these people really searching for a sense of community to that degree. Or did, did they just hear about it? It sounded cool. Carl's fucking fine. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so interesting because like the cup, the, um, you know, members of the church that they interviewed, they did say like they grew up in a, like in the church community. It, you know, they had been longing for that X, Y, Z. And that's why they got kind of so sucked up into Hillsong. That makes sense. I'm just wondering if all of those people who were waiting in line around the block on a fucking Sunday felt that same way. Just merely a question. And I know that a couple of people have slid into my DMs who either were members of a Hillsong church, not, you know, New York or anything, but members of a Hillsong church or like kind of were interested in it. And I know that they said like, no, it's, it was captivating. It was captivating. And I, listen, there are some, they're not making Jesus music like they used to. I'm just going to be quite frank with that. Um, And I don't even mean like gospel, like Christian, like there, Jesus, like I feel like there's Jesus dubstep now. Like it's so it's, it's evolved. Okay. And I don't hate it. And don't get me wrong. I love some melodies from heaven by fucking Kirk Franklin. I love that shit. I see places where they drop that shit during brunch with the bottomless mimosas and people are talking to it. I I'm here for it. Okay. It's just like, they've made these mega churches have made church like attending a goddamn concert. And it's just like, it's, it's wild. Um, how they were operating was definitely interesting to me because, again, they made it seem like something so cool and so, you know, modern, for lack of a better term. But on the inside, they were still operating kind of ignorantly. And I don't think every church is ignorant. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to offend anybody there. But the story about the um, gay man who was a part of the church, sang in the choir, was I want to say he was the lead um, choir. And then him and his partner went on, he never felt comfortable coming out. And then him and his partner went on survivor. He told them like, Hey, I'm going on survivor. I, you know, I just want you guys to know yada, yada. They said, Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. And then they denounce him as soon as he goes on the show. Like, it's just one of those things that I'm, it, it baffles me. It baffles me because you, how, how would I say this? I don't, I don't understand ignorance in any way, shape or form, but what's wild to me is that you would think that like people who are ignorant, like I always say this, just like everything else, ignorance evolves. So people who are ignorant people who are racist and homophobic and things like that, they find a way to hide it better, disguise it better, change the verbiage of it better, you know, and I'm, and I'm saying better here, but like they, they do, they find a way to disguise it um better than they used to. And that you would think like to his face, they would be like, no, you, we are not comfortable with you saying that, yada, yada. But they, it's like an element of humili- humiliation because to his face they're like, yeah, absolutely. Made it, you know, made him feel comfortable, more comfortable than ever. And then come out to the media and fucking, hum- like humiliate this man and his partner. <laughs> like. Is, is it not enough? Is it not enough that you're already lying to his face? You have him running your choir, making him feel a part, like he's a part of something and welcome in the church. And then instead of just telling him to his face, like, actually, no, we're not okay with that. And him dealing with that personally on the inside, you humiliate him on a, on a grand stage. Like, okay. But again, sets the stage for what they, the, what they're about right? So then you have um, the Black Lives Matter of it all. Now, I find it, actually, let me go back to the homophobia of it all. The, Carl's little line that he was saying, which was, you know, it was pretty much, he was pretty much saying like, love who you love, but then switches it up and says, love who you love, but the Bible says love is between, like it, I was just like, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot right now. And that, that type of verbiage is how they like skated by again, now onto the Black Lives Matter of it all. But with that, again, they take it a step further. Um, Because Carl's out there protesting, right? He really seems like he's in the throes of it. But with inside his own church, within inside the church itself, Black lives aren't mattering that much. And you have the member of the black members of the congregation come forward and say this. And <laughs> this was probably the, mo- the just most, what are we calling white, white, uh, white men that like the Karens, what are we calling Karens? The men, the men version, Kins, right? The most Ken thing he could have said. The black black members of this congregation have come forward. They're giving interviews to this documentary saying like, no, we were not respected. You know, you have the young lady in Kansas City who was vocal, not in a disrespectful way, but she definitely was like, this is something right here. Right. Her friend had quit and then she was talking to the friend that had left or gotten fired. I can't quite remember. Um, and then when she comes into church that day, they're telling her she has to leave you have to leave, you have to leave. And now, oh, it's if you don't leave, we're calling the police on you. Like, if that's not the big, <laughs> you've got some fucking audacity to be parading out here, doing interviews, high pu- high profile interviews at that, and being at these protests when your churches aren't actually valuing Black lives. And they're actually threatening to call the police on Black members While you're out protesting police, police brutality, like make it make sense. In Carl's snippet of his interview where he says, (laughs) he says, I had a conversation surrounding black lives matter with the black members of Congress. And I thought went amazingly, I thought it went amazingly. And you know, if they had such a problem with it, then they didn't say anything about it. I said, oh my God, male Karen male fucking Karen, like, this is crazy. And again, to the point of the older lady in the church that, you know, kind of called Carl out and in, and he had her up on the stage praising her, things like that. She got to the church via her daughter. Even she, like, these people are still kind of, kind of lenient on him. Um, because she's like, I believe there's good in him. You know, he, excuse me, you know, he likes the attention, things like that. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> what is it about this guy? Like, I get it. He's attractive, but at the same time, like, ain't yeah, that fucking attractive. Okay. Like my good God, he's got the, no, never mind. I'm going to leave it there. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back and start talking about the um, affair of it all. Okay. Now, when it comes to <laughs> the affair of it all, Listen, again, not shocked if my husband were to be hanging out with Justin Bieber. I mean, this man was photographed by paparazzi shirtless as if he were an actual celebrity. And I mean, he was. He was a celebrity pastor, but you're they're going out to clubs like I just I wouldn't be shocked, okay? Him and his wife Laura who again, she's a she's a good-looking woman herself. V- very cute, okay? Nice Australian accent, like they go together real bad. Okay. I just duh. I just was not shocked given all of the information. Um, trigger warning, Carl says that he was abused as a child, so he had some trauma there, and he says that that led to um aided in some, you know, some issues that he had older surrounding sex and things like that. That aside. When it comes to the details of not the affairs, because there there were multiple, um, I don't. I told y'all my relationship with church, right? I don't know if I have ever seen anything quite like somebody having their own family, own kids leaving their family, their kids with another person of the congregation to go and take care of the leader of the church leader. Again, I'm making it sound like a cult, but like we were getting close to it. Like that nanny left her kids at home, was not with her kids on Christmas to go take care of Carl and Laura's kids. And then there was possibly an inappropriate situation going on. She says that there was again, trigger warning, some assault happening. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Okay. I do not know what the, the only thing I find, no, I find the whole thing bizarre. Um, the thing that I found very weird is because is that Laura said that she walked in on inappropriate behavior between the nanny and Carl. Right. She says that she shoved Carl and that she jumped on the nanny and punched her in the face. I said, "God damn, <laughs> understandable, understandable." Laura, I'm rocking with you, girl. Because same, same. Um, actually, I would have done more than shoved him. It would have been a two piece. Okay, double dog walked. Anyways, but then for the nanny to say you don't know what you're talking about, like she, and essentially Laura's gaslit, right? Gaslighting aside. If I punched you in my home, you're not going to stay here anymore. That, that's what was real, a real head scratcher for me, because even if you gaslit me, even if you, if, if I were doubting, you know, what I saw. I still punched you. So, what I'm saying is, because I know a lot of you are probably going to be like, that's a point of gaslighting. You start to doubt your reality. I know. But what I'm saying is, even if I was doubting what I saw and they had me make, like, were actually making me feel like I was overreacting, I still hit you. So, I would not have you in my home anymore because I, even if I were doubting myself, I would be. Em, like embarrassed I to a certain degree or it, I just know that I hit you so you can't be here anymore, right? You, yeah, like we, we can't do that. But she continued to work there with them. I was like, what the fuck is happening? So Laura knew about that one. And then when the big affair came out, that was again, shocking to Laura, my heart breaks for her, especially being so far away from her family. And we really did not get too much into Carl's family. I'm assuming because either they don't want to be involved or he doesn't, you know, talk to them, what have you not. Um, but I felt so badly for her through a lot of things. But the first was when she called home and told her parents what had happened, you know, that he had cheated on her. Um, and expose the affair. But then when she goes on and she says that she was talking to Brian Houston and she says, you know, I know Carl is getting fired or, you know, we're parting ways, but can you just not release the details of this to the, or too many details because they, their oldest child, I believe, had just um, harmed themselves, self-harmed themselves. And I... (laughs) You know, Brian Houston just said, uh, like, really was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then said, fuck that. And exposed all of the uh, everything, everything. And then plus a little more, whatever he added on. And that's really, again, where I really felt was felt for Laura, because not only are you you have a cheating, philandering husband, your child is hurting so deeply. And I can only imagine as a mother, as, I mean, as a human being, you know, a uh, for one, but then especially as a mother to being a, not being able to know how to know how to help your child in that time. And then you have to worry about your fucking philandering husband, like the, this news getting out on a worldwide scale. It's enough to deal with like within, like if you weren't famous, but you, you are, your, your husband is famous. You know what I mean? This is going to be on the news. Like the fact I, that's when I was, I mean, I knew Brian Houston had a dark energy when I first saw him on my screen, but like that's when I was like, oh, this is a motherfucker. This is a fucking motherfucker that we're dealing with because it's sick, sick. You're already getting rid of the, the, you know, the lenses. The The child in their mental health has nothing to do with the dad's philandering dick. You couldn't like fire him and move on, right? Part ways, but my good God. And again, um, to go back to like kind of what we touched on, it really did, like, it really made sense to where they, you know, the bigger star you were, the, that's why he threw Carl under the bus in the lenses under the bus. So damn bad because of what Brian Houston was doing and what was really going on within the church. Um, you know, they had another pastor who I, his name slipped my mind. Sorry guys. Um, that was let go. I'm using air quotes there for y'all since you can't see me you know, for inappropriate behavior beyond, beyond an affair. (laughs) But again, Carl was the easiest scapegoat because he had become such a big star and he was friends with celebrities. So he knew, they knew that that would be news and they knew that Carl can continue to be the punching bag from here on out to try and deflect from what was really going on in the church. And I find that to be absolutely disgusting disgusting and when they brought out the the old um choir director they brought up the whole choir director and how you know they separated from him and the um you know the old member of the congregation met with him later on down the line when after he was excommunicated because that's what that is and he said you know we were going to try and take you down because we thought you were coming after us it's like that's when it really started to click to me like oh no they're going to keep go i mean Shit is out now, and I'm sure I'm sure even more shit is going to be out, you know, in the future. And our if we're ever gonna know everything, who the fuck knows? But I that's when it clicked for me. I said, Oh, that's why they wouldn't stop with Carl. Like Carl said in the interview, I just couldn't understand, like, you know, we are kind of in you know, settling waters, things weren't that, and then Brian Houston again toss him under the bus, toss him under the bus. It's like, yeah, because. The, the water was getting hotter on Brian Houston's side. Like, they really were starting to realize, like, oh, shit, The while we tried to continue to throw Carl under the bus, we're still giving ourselves attention, which people are starting to look at, into him. And, like, honestly, the amount of fucking money that church bought in, untaxed, oh, my God. I say all the time, I wish I was born with, like, no morals, because sometimes the the scheming life sounds like Anna Delvey seems like she's living fine now. You know what I mean? I don't. I mean like victimless crimes—the crimes where crimes the bank is the is taking them. But no, I could not scheme people out of their money because you know I have a heart. But nevertheless, I was not shocked in to hear the you know claims that. They really did it as well because Carl was kind of might have been um, looking at leaving the church. I can see that as well. But I also I just ultimately think that they since Carl's star had gotten so big, it was terrifying them because it was threatening them, even if they did leave the church. But then there's also was like he can be the perfect cover up for us because Carl has been in the forefront. No one's looking at fucking Brian Houston's ugly ass. Right. We're looking at Carl not now, but we were looking at Carl, right? And I mean, I've, I've, it's been on my mind. If Carl did leave and start his own congregation, start his own church. Yeah, it would be, it would have been, would have been, excuse me, huge. And actually now he has, cause I just saw that he was in the news. I don't want to say news, like on a grand scale, but there was an article written about him. He has, you know, joined another church or become part of another church. And apparently one of their sermons was quote unquote inappropriate. I didn't, de- I didn't look too deep into it. I'm not going to lie to y'all, but you can Google it. Um, but yeah, if he were to leave before, if that scandal would have never happened and he were to leave Hillsong and start his own congregation, you better, pl- I mean, the celebrities would have followed him. It is so fucking weird to me. Like when the the whole, like, don't get me fucking started. When he, who when redacted Kim Kardashian's ex-husband, was doing all that church shit in in the gowns and stuff, and celebrities were going, and influencers were going, and I I was looking at them like they were fucking crazy. A couple of my favorite influencers, as much as I can have favorite influencers, were was going to that shit, and I was like, y'all, and I was like, do y'all know? Okay, all right, all right, gonna I'm a I'm not gonna say anything because it's church, right? But I was looking at them like they were fucking crazy. I always find it interesting, like. Celebrity, how celebrities worship so loudly, if that makes sense. Like, and it's never just like, okay, my faith, you know, things like that. It's like always like a fucking trendy thing, like a trendy church or a trend something like that. You know what I mean? I just found it so bizarre, bizarre. And I'm again, I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that if he would have never been caught. Uh, with the scandal and everything that he would, I mean, it would probably be fucking huge. Probably be fucking huge. Okay. Like I said, this is going to be a mini episode. We're probably going to do mini episodes until Chai gets back. Cause I'm essentially just going to be talking to myself into this microphone. This was just the first two episodes of Hillsong. Um, I will do the next two episodes next Monday. Um, and that will come out for you guys, but For now, I'm going to leave it here. You guys know where you can find me on Instagram at who asked me podcast over on TikTok at who asked Zell, Zell is S-E-L-L-E. And then of course, don't forget to rate and review me on Apple podcast and you can still leave five stars over on Spotify. I'll talk to y'all next time.